0: Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing, so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Fly World Nation community, go to flyworldnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this in Overbuzz podcast.
1: number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself is to think like your client you really need to get into their head of what do they want need or lack why is it important to them what area of concern does it address what pain point why it matters to them what's in it for them so they can dot 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 what when you think like the client that truly sets you apart because now you can focus all of your efforts, your sales, your marketing, your messaging, your positioning around what your client's perception is, because your client's perception is truth.
0: Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited today to have on the Buzz podcast as my guest, Lynn Whitbeck. Lynn is the queen of sales. She helps transform thinking to the client's perspective, thereby ending sales chaos with a robust strategic plan to harvest hidden profits simply with a great sales system. Lynn is the founder and CEO of Petite to Queen, host of Get More Clients on the Win-Win Women Network and host of the Top podcast Claim Your Career Crown. She's been seen in USA Today, in the Huffington Post, in the Chicago Tribune and in more publication. If you want to know more about how we run this show, visit innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel. There you can get your very own digital token and become a member of the Flywheel Nation community. As a member, you'll have access to our podcast guests as well as a short audio program that guides you through the InnovaBuzz podcasting process. We want to help you turn your marketing and your podcast into a growth engine that is centred on people and relationships. Act fast before all the digital tokens are snapped up. In our conversation today, Lynn talked to me about why Worthy intent is important, caring about the client and their product and service and being curious about what matters to them. We talked about the importance of having an abundance mentality and being willing to refer clients to competitors if it is the right fit for them. And we talked about why relationships are key to making an impact in the world. Without further ado, then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Lynn Whitbeck. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome today to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Seattle in Washington state, the USA, Lynn Whitbeck who's the founder and CEO of Petite to Queen and host of the top podcast Claim Your Career Crown. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast Lynn. It's a great privilege to have you here as my guest.
1: Well you know I am so excited to be here and I've been looking forward to this so let's get it going Jordan.
0: Are you okay? Sorry. <laughs> yes yeah we have had some technical difficulties getting to this <laughs> point but we're here now so <laughs> it's all good. Now, Alice Dudley-Cash, who was our guest on episode 452 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we have a conversation with you, and she introduced us, so big hello to Alice.
1: Yes, hi, aloha.
0: <laughs> aloha, yeah, she keeps introducing wonderful people to me, and always starts off the email with aloha, wonderful people, or something along those lines, but it's always aloha.
1: <laughs> yes, well, she's in right, Hawaii, well, so, you know, it is exactly aloha yeah. state.
0: <laughs> Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, petite de queen, all about sales, and you've had a long career in sales across many industries. And I know one of the things you're very strong about, and this is something that um, I guess we hit it off straight away when we started speaking about that is sales being all about building relationships and adding value. So I'm really excited to dig into that some more today with you, Lynn. Before we do that, though, what's the impact you're making in the world?
1: No, my impact is that when I help my clients to make their connections with their clients to help them, so they're, they're, we're creating a ripple, you know, so they're creating impact for their clients in their business, for them individually, for their team members in their community. And that ripple becomes a wave. And yeah. so when we are all doing that and, you know, playing that part, it, it, makes a pretty amazing wave that we can be a part of.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty exciting when you see that happening, isn't it? When you know, okay, you've made a little contribution to the client, but then that's enabled them to make a bigger contribution somewhere else, which has enabled another bigger contribution somewhere else. Yeah. It is. Fantastic.
1: It's like a stone that's skipping across the water. It just keeps going.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so I mentioned relationships and and your belief or your philosophy that sales is all about building relationships. One of the things I've heard you say on other podcasts and maybe in your own podcast, you talk about building relationships with worthy intent and with curiosity. So Talk to us a little bit about what do you mean by those things, and and how do you do that? <laughs> Once we get to the what does it mean?
1: Yeah, so worthy intent essentially means that you genuinely give a darn. I mean, you care about uh, your client, uh, their product and service. You care about serving them and helping them, and that you are curious about what they do, how they do it, what matters to them, why it matters to them, and so you come with this natural part of yourself to serve and help, but it's always in the frame of how does it serve and help the client. And in some cases you may recognize that you're not the right fit, Mm. but you know a resource or you know a company or individual who would be a good fit for them. And so Mm. that's still relationship building. And sometimes that not now, can be for later, and um, but when you're coming at that point, you know, people today, they have such a high level of awareness when you're trying to sell them, right? And you're trying to force (laughs) or manipulate them. And so I've always approached things from worthy intent. I think that's why I love sales from the beginning is because I knew it wasn't rocket science, I wasn't saving the world, but I made a difference for my clients, I took something off their plate they didn't have to think about again, and that was a gift, and that was the way I was helping and serving them. Hmm. So with Worthy Intent, it really is about those cornerstones of a relationship that you care about the other person. Um, You care about them as individuals, you care about them as an entity, and that sets you apart um, significantly Uh, And gives you a competitive edge against, and we all know they're out there, uh, (laughs) the people who uh, participate in sleazy sales tactics.
0: Yeah, that's right. Using all the um, traditional means of, um, we'll throw in the state knives with that and scarcity tactics, there's only three left, so you better hurry or the price goes up in a day or all these kind of things. Yeah. There's a couple of things you said there that I think are really key, and um, obviously the, the idea that of genuinely caring for your client and your client's success and, and being curious to understand what that will mean to them. But the two things that I wanted to highlight were, first of all, being able to say, I don't think we're the right fit for you right now, or I don't think our product or service is actually going to do that for you. Um, And and also having the abundance mentality to say, one of my competitors actually does this exactly, they would be a good match. So here's their phone number or I'll give you an introduction. That that's the one thing that stood out to me. And and whenever I've had an experience of being on the receiving end of that where somebody said, I don't think we have the right product for you. Please go and see this person that that's a better match. Then I know that's a genuine that that person is genuine. They're coming from a service a uh, heart heart based service uh, mindset um and the other one is that it's it's a no today. It may not be a no next week or in in a month's time yeah. and particularly when you've established that relationship that I've sent you away somewhere else. Because I think that's um, going to serve you better. And so you go away knowing that I care about your success more than I care about um, putting dollars in my bank account at, at your expense sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. And it is. It's a core relationship builder because that they know who you are right there. They know hmm. who you are, the essence of who you are. And that it will last um, a long time and they hmm. will come back. And maybe they'll refer someone else to you or they'll introduce you to someone mm, or right. their yes. needs change or your services change. And so it we're talking about this long term. I mean, I, I'm really proud to say that I can pick up the phone and call clients from decades past and they'd be happy to hear from me. And so mm. that's this, uh, you know, that's what we're talking about here. and. That creates the things that you really want. And that's introductions and referrals. They shorten the sales Mm. cycle. They increase your profit. They're the easiest sale that you're going to (laughs) make. And because you've established your credibility, you're trustworthy, your capabilities, and they are happy to reciprocate. Even if you ended up not doing business with them because Mm. it wasn't the right timing for whatever the match was but they still recognize that you are someone that they would want to refer someone to who does Mm. need what's a good fit for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's another really important point is looking at any sales conversation in a broader sense and saying, well, this may not be the right fit. I may not be the right fit for you right now. My product might not be the right fit for your needs right now but in the bigger scheme of things because we've built a relationship because you know i generally care about your success you're going to be talking in a positive way about me to all of your contacts and somewhere out there there's going to be a match
1: absolutely and i want to point out there is a shadow side here and that's if when you do trick or manipulate or force a sale because you're only interested in getting the sale People figure it out; they always do, mm. and that's where you have that constant client churn, and you aren't building the type of reputation uh, that I, I mean. I certainly aspire to, and mm. so it's it's a real short-term gain for a long-term loss. Yeah, and um, and also yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, I've had this experience. I mean, in the early days, I took on clients where they weren't really a good fit. And it was, I I genuinely believed I could help them. But deep down, I knew it wasn't really a good match. Um, So I wasn't coming from the point of view of trying to trick them simply to grow my business. It was more around, yes, I wanted to grow my business, but I genuinely believed I could help these people. Deep down, I knew it wasn't really a good match. Now that, those projects, ended up being a lot more draining and a lot more tiring and a lot harder to do than the the ideal matches, which seemed to just flow and were always enjoyable. And whenever there was an issue, it was just a case of pick up the phone, we have a chat, we sort it out like that. Whereas the others, it became a big, every little thing became a big deal and it was really draining. And I learned the hard way that it's probably better to say no to those when there's that gut feel or there's something there that signals no it's not really a good match um it's probably best to just straight up say that look i don't think we're we're a good match for one another and um as as you mentioned earlier ideally maybe give them an introduction to somebody that that you know is a good match
1: yeah Absolutely, and you're right because it's a, sort of that eighty twenty rule. You're going to spend eighty percent of your time on twenty percent of your business, and sometimes you don't realize that until you're into the relationship ways. I know that I was w- working with a client, and it took six months before I realized, and we were getting to roll out a whole program, and they are going like, "No, no, no, we want our people to make a call, one call, and if they don't buy, they move on to the next person," and all, and I went, "What?" And I said, okay, we spent six months working together and you want your team to become one call closers. And And, and you're not selling a product or service that people are going to make a decision like that. And in most mm-hmm. cases, most people can't make an instant decision. And yeah. your most loyal clients are actually the ones who take longer to deliberate and they carefully formulate a response because the people who make those instant decisions they're always chasing the next shiny object. They, they right. got ants yeah. in their pants. And, hmm. uh, and it was like, that was a moment that is like, okay, we're actually not a good fit because yeah. I'm not going to do that. It's completely hmm. against everything we've worked on. And we were able to work it out and we parted amicably. We still talk. Um, but I, hmm. at that point, it was to your, what you had just said, I realized that we weren't a good fit. Um, mm. and, and I started getting a sense of that, but you know, at one point it was just like, Whoa, <laughs> people yeah. reveal themselves like onions. <laughs>
0: mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and then suddenly you think, hang on, this is really a, a clash of values here. That's when it gets, uh, gets tricky. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, one of the things I know you're very strong on, feedback and follow-up, uh, well, follow-up in particular I want to focus on, um, and in talking about building these relationships and having conversations, sales conversations as a way to kind of be curious and make sure that we're a good match as a supplier for the potential client um, and not using some of these pushy tactics i'll call them of scarcity um time time limiting or there's only a few left or or those sort of things um how and i mean i i always find myself falling into the trap of then not doing enough follow-up or not doing follow-up well enough because i'm always Afraid of that's, that's then being pushy and so on. So, how do we find that balance and how do we do follow up in a, a good way?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, follow up is, I mean, they, you know, the classic fortune is in the follow up. Most people hmm. aren't ready to make a decision right away. And you need to keep guiding them to that decision. And you do that by providing value, things that matter to them. And when you plan your follow up, whether you know your outreach is on one side of the equation when you're you know but then once you've had the meeting you've had the presentation now you're doing follow-up it can still take even when they say yes you could be following up to get the agreement signed and to Hmm. get the the kickoff meeting scheduled so follow-up is always necessary and even with established clients follow-up is necessary so um, think about your own team members. You have to follow up on the status of things. I mean, it's just mm. a natural part. So A, take that stigma away. Second, think about where your client is at at that stage. If there's still pre-decision, what type of things can you provide to them and in a myriad of formats that will help move them forward? So answers, um, FAQs, explainers, um, a key resource that will help them look at something or reframe something. Hmm. And these are things that you can put together and have planned. And then you go, okay, this client is at this point, this is, you know, you know, all your clients are not all going to match the exact same pattern, but this is what matters to them. This is the most important thing. I'm going to pull this out and I'm going to send it to them. And it could be that, Hey, I was just on a podcast And we talked about the importance of follow-up and templating this. And I think you should go ahead and listen to this. And it's going to give you some great ideas. I mean, that's a way to follow up, to deliver value. And they can choose to tune in or not. But the key is that they remember that when you reached out, you actually delivered value, something that mattered Mm. to them. Now, the one thing I don't want you to do, please, do not pick up the phone and say, "Oh hi, hi, Ergan. I'm calling because I want to follow up and check in and see how this is coming along."
0: <laughs> yeah, you have made a decision yet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, come up with things that are more creative and that, mm. once again, that deliver value and guide your client through that decision-making process, because they need different things at different points. And even if mm. the white paper, the podcast, a video. Um, Whatever it is that you deliver, they still remember that it was something that mattered, even if they don't partake. And and people are busy. They're going to ghost you because other things are going on and you're just not the front burner issue. That's okay. They are going to remember that you've been staying in contact. And at one point, you're going to be able to make that connection. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. I really recommend having a 13 touch points. And with the 13th being, I've done you a disservice or, you know, it's time to say goodbye. (laughs) Hmm. But because, you know, people decide at different points. Usually you don't have to go all the way to 13. Um, I rarely have, but it will elicit a response. And at the very least, give them a safe space to say, you know, the timing's just not right. You know, will you follow up in six months? Yes, of course,
0: yeah, yeah, that's a great great strategy, and I think the core of the follow up there is is to provide value but but in a way that of i think that's the key thing that you said there is something that means something to them and knowing where they're at in their journey, so that comes back to the the initial conversation that you've had and the the curiosity to. Have asked all those questions and to really understand where are they at, what what's really their problem, what's really their objective and desired outcome, and where are they at in their journey right now. And I've um, I've been using this sort of philosophy, but I still kind of the the I'm curious about that thirteenth email because I'm still I still find myself I'll send hey listen to this podcast, there's some great advice there. I think you'll benefit from some of the tips on this. Or um, recently I sent one out the other day where it was an article about the platform that we talked about using for for the service we were going to provide. And that platform had announced, and we'd set up something for that client already um, outside of that platform. And that platform had announced that they were bringing uh, they were building this thing that we'd set up, they were building that inside their platform, which would make it a lot easier to, to do the things that they wanted to do. So I sent them that information. I said, hey, if you're still um, still on the fence about using this platform, because there was a, another platform in, in discussion, if you're still on the fence about this, here's an interesting, um, interesting new bit of information. They've just said they're going to, develop this and launch this in the next couple of weeks so so that's the sort of thing i i will go back but i'm curious about because i still find it difficult then to where do you cross over and say hey it's time you actually <laughs> told me yes or no and and if it's no well that's fine so where, where do you cross over into that space and and how do you do that elegantly
1: well i mean of course you always will do you need to ask for the sale if you don't ask you're mm. not going to get but yeah. um there's a number of things that you can look for for buying signals you know from your client, and those buying signals will help you determine that they're ready um i I really like the classic you know either or close you know would you like to get this um initiated this quarter or is next quarter um, going to be better for you and your team. And so that's sort mm. of an either or close. Now and it's an assumptive close at the same time. It's yes. assuming yeah. a yes, but it's giving them an option. Now that's the type of thing that it's going to elicit a response. You can also, you know, schedule a pre-kickoff meeting uh, to go over the implementation plan. I mean once again that's an assumptive close and that's going over what it's going to entail you know, to put this program, to move it to the next level, to actually get into a kickoff call. And Hmm. so there's a number of things that you can do. It, It really depends on your product or service and your industry, your ideal client avatar. And so going across some broad spectrum things is a little difficult. I do want to point out that there's one thing we haven't talked about in the sense of either outreach and or follow up. And that's actually using good old fashioned postal service or sending packages, shipping packages. And the reason I mention this is that today so much is virtual, whether we're doing, here we are in different continents and we're doing this meeting together or we're doing um, uh, all the different things we go with, email and social, but actually getting a package that is handwritten you know, addressed and delivered, people will open those packages and everybody loves to get a package and it's almost stands out in its novelty now. And it is a way that people will want to feel that reciprocal, like, oh, I got this. Thank you so much. And it's a a means of moving the conversation forward and to Mm. break through the ice um, at whatever stage you're at or if they've been ghosting you. Uh, so hmm. it's a terrific way. And once again, it doesn't have to be something, it can be as simple as a handwritten note card, but it can be something that you package and send that's tied to your product or service that once again has meaning and will help move the conversation forward. You can also use humor and you can make it fun. Um, Way back in my corporate days, I would actually, for some people, not for everyone, I would look at who they were as individuals. And I would literally send them an old boot. Now this boot wouldn't smell and it wouldn't be dirty, but it was an old worn boot with a handwritten card and said, aren't you ready to trade in and trade up and get a new pair? You know, and yeah. and people would call me laughing, you know, and it <laughs> honestly, it was a great way to then segue into, okay, what's your calendar look like next week? Let's, let's get a meeting scheduled. So, hmm. and that's, in that way, asking for the sale in the sense of moving the, the conversation forward.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's unique. Um, certainly a, a novel idea. I think the clearly the idea of how can you stand out from the ordinary and, and so the text message or even a phone call to say, you know, have you made a decision yet or the um, email certainly is has become run-of-the-mill and ordinary. And, and the danger with email, I know I've got hundreds of emails that I haven't even looked at, and, and I occasionally come across some and it said, well, this is the fourth time I've emailed you and I still haven't got a response. Go, oh, where are all those other emails? Well, yeah, they're buried there somewhere because I just, I just yeah. haven't found them in, in my list. So that if you turn that around and say, well, I'm going to send somebody an email and expect them to see that straight away, well, they're probably going to face the same yeah. same situation as I just described. The um, One of the ways I use to stand out a lot, and, and I stick in the virtual world, but doing videos, yeah. and I've just had a, a pitch. So with this podcast, I get lots of pitches to come on this podcast, and usually they're just a written thing, um, and, and there's a whole topic around that, how you do this properly. But uh, there was one... I got yesterday where somebody actually sent me a video, a personalized video, where they spoke to me. They talked about the podcast that they'd listened to. They talked, connected that to what they had to offer for my podcast. So that's an example of how you can stand out in the virtual world. But then, of course, going the next step, um, particularly if it's a big, big sale, big potential sale to actually send something in the mail um, is, is definitely a way to stand out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of those things that I, I also will say that when you're, we are doing a bigger sale and you're doing a presentation, you can think about the things and that you're going to send afterwards, you know, and hmm. make sure you get a minimal actionable commitment at the time of the meeting. What is the next step that everyone's hmm. in agreement on? And so that you have that already in your hip pocket, you know, yeah. to move the conversation forward. And so, um, and I do like that, you know, it's, uh, using video and using your voice, um, is a tremendous way. And you can do that with also on a smaller scale with LinkedIn, with your messages, you know, using the app Mm. on your phone and Mm. also on other social media, direct message platforms. But actually, even if you're sending someone a text message, actually sending them a voice message is It increases the likelihood that someone's gonna listen to it exponentially. And the same Mm. if you just record a quick video of yourself talking to them, you know, human to human. Oh my gosh, (laughs) human (laughs) to human. Um, And you can do that. And it's once again, it's really increases the effectiveness. Now, if you are using like DMs or something on LinkedIn, you do wanna be aware of how often that person engages on LinkedIn. Some people, Mm. Are not very active on LinkedIn. So your message could sit there for months.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like putting a, throwing the bottle in the water. Yeah. (laughs) Message in the bottle. So,
1: you know, you need to meet them where they're at and what's going to Mm. make the most sense. And honestly, the good old fashioned pick up the phone and call them, um, really has a lot of value today. Once again, Mm. human to human and just have that voicemail planned. Do the triumphant triangle where you you leave a voicemail, you then follow up with an email for, for, of that voicemail, the content, with the link um, to whatever you referred to, that piece of value, and then you can, three business days later, follow up with a text message or, or some kind of direct message, but the same information.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah, there's a a core message in that. Well, follow up is really important, but let's make sales human again. (laughs) Yeah, Human to human. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Well, this is fabulous. People buy from people. (laughs) uh, Exactly. Yeah. We could go on talking ages about this approach, but um, I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. And it's the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the idea is you'll Inspire our listener to go and do something awesome today resulting from these answers.
1: All right. I'm ready.
0: All right. Excellent. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative?
1: Growth mindset. Be open to opportunities and to change and to changing your mind.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and be curious, which is where we started the conversation today, being uh, having an abundant mindset and being curious. Absolutely. Excellent. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas?
1: <laughs> uh, I ask for input. I gather people, uh, peers. I ask for and I digest and I take the best of the best. Um, I'm always looking for new ideas in that sense. Um, I pursue different things. If I, someone has a recommendation for a video for me to watch or some, a book to read, um, I will take that into account because it's amazing, or a podcast that you can listen to, one idea that could suddenly spark something amazing.
0: hmm, yeah, and there's so much information out there, isn't there? so it's, a, it's always good it's, it's a little bit like getting referrals from people for um, a sale or a, a purchase. It's um, getting people's ideas about this is a this is a good bit of information, yeah, um, and filtering that out wonderful. All right. Now, do you have a favorite resource you use most often?
1: Wow, you know, there's so many different um, resources that I use. Um, But, you know, one of the things that I do a lot is my own content. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I'll actually, when I'm working on something for a client, I'll look at, okay, well, what have we done and what worked and why did it work? Is this something that's going to work for this client? And so I actually, it's, I feel like I've been there, done that for so many things. And <laughs> yeah. some things are a great fit and other things aren't. But just looking at that breadth of experience is something that I like to pull forward.
0: Mm, that's, that's, I love it. That's brilliant. Um, there's, we talk so much, um, in the content production world about how you can repurpose your own content and, and use it in different ways but to actually look at it from the point of view i've done similar work for another client i've written out instructions how to do something this is actually a perfect fit over here it's going to save me a lot of time just cut and paste and adapt a little bit and and also um i I, i've often forget this but sometimes i discover stuff and i think wow that's that's brilliant, I can use that right now. And and so it, it's really a great tip to actually go back and revisit those things.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I mind map things out, I don't know if you've ever heard of that tool, but it's a mind yeah, mapping yeah, absolutely. tool. And I will mind map out a process, even if I'm designing something new for a client, but then I make a copy for ourselves, because it's something that, and then as I refine it, but that becomes something that literally goes into the stable that can be used yeah. in another um, situation that's appropriate and then refined and tweaked for that particular situation and client.
0: Mm, brilliant tip, that, that was worth listening to this stage for that tip alone, yeah. I'm a big fan of mind mapping, by the yeah. way. <laughs> All right, now what's the best way to keep a client on track?
1: The best way to keep a client on track is to have a strategic plan. And when they get distracted by the shiny object, Um, is to, you know, first of all, sometimes that shiny object is actually an incredible opportunity and you're going to want to go ahead and pivot. But Hmm. most of the time, you're going to say, well, how does that fit into our strategic plan? How is our plan currently working? And is this something that we should go ahead and put in right here three months down the road to revisit? And Hmm. so whenever something like this comes up, you know, the first thing is, that you, is, to, is to how does that fit our mission and what our, our initiatives and goals are right now? And mm. if it's, and there sometimes there's things that's like, oh, wow, that'd be so cool to do, but not yeah. now. Yeah. Or it can be such a tremendous opportunity that we're going to go ahead and reassess and assign resources so we can get this done. But often what happens is that people will get, they get distracted. And so that three months down the road, they still haven't actually accomplished that thing because they've done all, they've done 20 different things. Stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so having a really clear mission and strategic plan and and knowing that. And I know even from my personal experience, being really clear in specific areas that I'm focusing the business on, being really clear about the mission, what's the outcome I desire for that, what are the strategic steps, how I'm going to get there. I find that that makes decisions so easy. Yeah. If if that's always clear and there, there'll be times when I see a shiny new toy and I said, nope, no problem, I'm going to buy that straight away because I, I, I just know immediately that it's a fit in yeah. here. So it is an opportunity or if if it's not, if I oh, know that'd be cool. And I say, well, hang on, that's, no, that's just going to be a distraction. So it, it makes it really clear. That distinction yeah. mm.
1: goes into the reading list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, later. <laughs> All right. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves?
1: The number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself is to think like your client. You really need to get into their head of what do they want, need, or lack. Why is it important to them? I mean, what area of concern does it address? What pain point? Why it matters to them? What's in it for them? so they can dot, 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 what. When you think like the client, that truly sets you apart because now you can focus all of your efforts, your sales, your marketing, your messaging, your positioning around what your client's perception is because your client's perception is truth.
0: Yeah, yeah. And coming back to our earlier conversation on feedback and uh, follow-up, and providing the um, the value in that follow-up and, and particularly something that's relevant right now to the where they're at in their journey. So if you know all these things, then that makes that so easy, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Well, then you can, it's like five minutes. You grab what you need. You already have yeah. the template put together and then out it goes.
0: hmm Brilliant. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz round, and thanks for the conversation today. This has been fabulous. fabulously. Now, where can people find out more about you and about the work you do, and maybe even get in touch to say thanks for what you've shared today?
1: Absolutely. You can go to our website, Petite and the Digit Two Q, Queen, petite2queen.com. Get that right. And um, we have a lot of a plethora of of resources, and you can also watch my TV show, Get More Clients. That's all about getting more clients and how you can implement your sales.
0: Excellent. And we'll have that link in the show notes, of course, so you don't have to remember that it is petite with the number two and then queen, Um, but we'll have the link there. All right. Well, thanks, Lynn. What action would you like our listeners to take out of our conversation today?
1: I think if there was one thing that I'd like them to take out of I'd like them to do some introspection. About where they're at and how they're going to market, how they're reaching out to their clients. And, um, you know, think about their client's perspective and then that genuine curiosity and worthy intent, um, so that they can create more impact for their clients, uh, for their companies and, uh, for their community.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Good call to action. And it's very consistent with, the whole conversation today and lots of great tips throughout the conversation as to how you can do that when when you get to the point of actually implementing those things after that introspection yeah. so thanks so much for sharing your time and your wisdom and and all those tips so generously today lynn i've learned quite a bit i kind of look back at some of my feedback processes and and also the idea of uh, using those mind maps that i'm a big fan of but using them actually to interconnect work that I've done so that I can easily find it later on yeah. and repurpose it again. <laughs> so yeah, a we keep of all ours in me. a
1: folder on our Google Drive.
0: <laughs> yeah, excellent. All right, thanks so much and please do stay in touch.
1: I will. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure and a privilege to be here today.
0: I hope you enjoyed that wonderful and insightful conversation with Lynn and took something away from her episode. So as you're listening to this right now, and maybe you'd like to pause the conversation, the recording, take some time to do some introspection about where you're at right now and how you're getting your message out into the market. Maybe sit down and write down some of those messages and then think about them in terms of your client's perspective. Is it a match? Are you reaching out to clients with a focus on their perspective and with genuine curiosity and worthy intent? Maybe you need to reflect on that. Make some changes so that you can create more impact for your clients, your companies and your community. Lynn's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Lynn Whitbeck. That is L-Y-N-N-W-H-I-T-B-E-C-K, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Lynn You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Lynn as well as links to the Petite to Queen website, the Claim Your Career Crown podcast, Lynn's social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. If you enjoyed this conversation and think someone else would find it useful, then be brave enough to share it with them. Also, get the episode bookmark at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can have a permanent record of this show. 50% of the revenue from this episode's bookmark will go directly to Lynn as the guest of the episode, and the other 50% will go to supporting the show. Keep it going. It's a way to show your support for Lynn and let her know that you enjoyed her episode. Lynn suggested we have a conversation with Leslie Nace, core communication coach, and with RJ Redden, unconventional traction strategist on future InnovaBuzz podcast episodes. So Leslie and RJ, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz Podcast, courtesy of Lynn Whitbeck. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Now remember to go to InnovaBuzz.co forward slash Flywheel to collect your unique digital token, which will give you membership of the Flywheel Nation community, where you'll have direct access to our amazing podcast guests as well as to a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.